Hi there, my name is Natalie Nation and you're listening to Feed That Nation. I'm a graduate student in public health. I'm a future registered dietitian. I'm a health educator, a content creator, and a self-proclaimed mac and cheese expert. I create content here on Feed That Nation all about college life, college health, and college wellness. My goal is to help you, my fellow college students, to be more successful, more confident, and more healthy in your student journey. Don't forget to go follow me on Instagram. I am at Feed That Nation, and go check out my blog, feedthatnation.com. Also, go ahead and check out my link below for my affiliate partner, Coconut Whisk. Coconut Whisk is a Minnesota local baking mix company that produces allergy-friendly, vegan, and gluten-free baking mixes. They've got waffle mix, they've got muffin mix, they've got mug cake mixes, which are so fun, so fun for college students. I think these make such nice gifts. I actually have given several Coconut Whisk products as gifts to friends and family, and I think you guys should go check them out as well. If you use my link below and you use my coupon code, FeedThatNation, you get $3 off your order and I receive a small commission. So truly everybody wins. Go check out Coconut Whisk. Before we get into this episode, I want to, of course, as always, give you my food, my follow, and my fun for the week. My food for the week is a food that I featured in my very first vlog all the way back in the spring. They are the Tillamook Sharp Cheddar Cheese Squares. They are basically the super tasty adult, super fun version of string cheese. They are these little cheese squares individually wrapped. I love the Sharp White Cheddar, but they also come in Colby Jack and a couple of other flavors. I get mine at Target. I know there's a lot of other places you can buy them. They are so delicious, so fun, and so easy for just when you need a little snack to tide you over. They're nice and salty. They're nice and savory. I love them. <laughs> I'm kind of obsessed. My husband and I go through like a bag a week. It's kind of crazy. Definitely would recommend giving them a try. My follow for the week is a dietitian who specializes in eating disorder and body kindness, body acceptance, recovery. Her name is Anna Sweeney and she is a registered dietitian. She is a disabled woman. She talks a ton on her Instagram about all of the intersections of disability, eating disorder, learning how to be kind to yourself, learning how to give yourself permission. Her content is always so uplifting to me and I think you guys should go check her out. I will leave her link below. Her handle on Instagram is at dietitiananna. My fun for the week is to pick a new recipe, pick a crazy recipe, pick a complicated, super fun, super bougie recipe, and to just go for it. My recipe that I've been working on this week is risotto. And risotto, for those of you who don't know, is basically a short grain rice, it's arborio rice, and instead of just cooking it in a pot and leaving it alone, for however long it takes, you continually stir it and add more liquid until it is super soft and creamy and then you add Parmesan cheese and oh my gosh, it is so good. I actually made risotto for my husband and I at like 10 p.m. last night because we were hungry and I wanted something yummy and warm and savory. Oh, it's so good. And I'm trying to think of all the different versions of risotto that I've had at restaurants and I'm remembering one very specifically that was like, pine nuts and cranberry and squash and goat cheese and now I am so excited to try and recreate it. 
So definitely within the limits of wherever you are living within your budget, pick a bougie recipe and just go for it. Today's episode is all about setting boundaries, setting boundaries with family and friends and yourself. And to be completely honest, setting boundaries was never really something I thought about before college and before I realized that there were a lot of instances in which the people in my life were overstepping what I didn't know were my boundaries or my limits for what I can handle. And obviously it's taken several years of working on myself, working with my therapist and growing up, experiencing different things to kind of come to be where I am. And obviously I'm always going to be a work in progress. But I wanted to talk about sort of what are boundaries, what boundaries should you set and how to set them with your friends and your family and even how to set some boundaries with yourself. And of course, this podcast should not and does not take the place of individualized healthcare advice or mental health advice that you might get from your own healthcare or mental health professionals. This is my personal experience and I want to bring it to you. More or less the first step to being able to set boundaries is to know what your boundaries are or what they should be and where your limits are for certain things. Something that is a really common boundary that people need to set is something related to food, appetite, body size, eating, exercise habits, and sort of that realm. So I will give a couple of examples. I'll try not to get too graphic, but if this is something that upsets you, consider this your trigger warning. In a lot of families, I've heard from experiences from friends and even some things I've experienced personally where it is very common for adults in the family, parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents, and family friends to make comments about children's bodies or appetite habits. And these can be very innocuous things. It can be commenting on a child's appetite. It can be commenting on how they're growing, commenting on whether or not they are skinny or less skinny. And these comments are generally meant without malicious intent, but often intent is different than impact. And so as an example, if you were a child who grew up hearing that you had such a good appetite and that you were such a big girl or a big boy, you know, that could really negatively impact you because it could influence, you know, the way that you think about food, the way you think about your body, the way you think about your appetite. And so a boundary or a limit that you might need to set would be asking the people who make those comments to no longer make those comments. Another place where college students often have their boundaries stepped on or stepped over is in relation to what they're studying, their job, their extracurriculars, and I hate to say this, but it happens a lot in students that pursue the liberal arts. So music, English, languages, you know, things that don't have as much of a clear career path as, say, nursing. And obviously any path that you choose to study, if it's right for you, is completely valid and that's that's where you're going to be the most happy. But a lot of times, you know, family can make comments about, you know, well, what are you going to do after graduation or, you know, what's your backup plan? And these comments, again, also come from generally well-meaning places and especially in this situation, 
you know, a parent or an aunt or an uncle or a family friend who asks you what your backup plan is might genuinely be concerned about your ability to get a job with the major that you have. But the way that it often comes across and the way that it feels often is as though the people in your life asking you those questions don't have faith in you and don't believe what you're doing is worth it. And that doesn't feel good. And so another boundary or a limit that you might need to set with those people could be that, you know, you don't want them to ask you those questions anymore. It makes you uncomfortable. You know, you want them to just be happy for you or be supportive of you. A really common boundary that I see stepped on when it comes to people who you consider your friends, people in your friend group, is invading your privacy or invading your alone time. And we all have that friend who constantly texts, texts us a little too much, you know, gets worried if they don't get a response right away, you know, calls us a ton. You know, everybody has some, somebody like that in their life. You know, we don't need to be constantly available for other people to the point where it's detrimental to us. You know, if your friend calls you for like the third time today, you don't have to answer. Or if your friend is constantly texting you wanting to hang out, you don't need to respond every single time and you don't need to say yes every time to hanging out with them. If you know you need to get your homework done or you have work or you would just prefer to be alone or you have plans with somebody else. You know, these are really common boundaries that just need to be set in terms of friendship because often it's just, you know, miscommunication or, you know, mismanagement of expectations. But setting those boundaries and, you know, saying to your friend, hey, I'm going to put my phone down for a few hours or no, sorry, I can't hang out. I already have plans. That can be a really easy way to set boundaries with a friend. Another place where I think commonly friends can overstep your boundaries is in terms of mental health and needing emotional support from you. And we want to be there for our friends. And I think especially the generation that I'm a part of, this sort of the back end of the millennial, the start of the Gen Z, the Gen Zennials, as my sister-in-law likes to call it, you know, we kind of grew up in this age of technology where we all got phones in middle school and high school or college and it became really normal to have really late night intimate conversations with people and to talk about your fears and to tell them secrets and all of that is fine but I feel like it's such a common story that I've heard from a lot of people my age that everyone had that friend who really didn't need to be talking to a friend instead really needed to be talking to a therapist to the point where you know this and, and i will give this trigger warning talking about mental health self-harm and suicide right now so if that makes you uncomfortable i'll put a timestamp in the show notes and on the screen where you can skip to you know i've had experiences where i've had friends in my life texting me and I've had to talk them out of self-harm and, you know, check in on them, ask them if they were safe, if they had a plan, if I needed to call for help for them. And especially in high school, I feel like I took on a lot of that and I felt like it was my responsibility to make sure that they were safe and that if something happened to them, that it would have been my fault. And now that I'm older, I know that that's not true. 
and I know that I am not solely responsible for the well-being and the safety of my friends. But it's not always the case that the friend who is having issues with their mental health and is really struggling understands that. And it can feel really difficult to be able to say to a friend in that situation, hey, I don't have the emotional space to help you right now and I think you need to speak to an adult or a professional. But that's definitely another area where boundaries and limits can be and absolutely should be set. And all the things I've been saying, you know, the examples of boundaries I gave to have with family members and the examples of boundaries I gave to have with friends, obviously these can definitely go both ways. You know, you might have a friend who comments on your body and makes you uncomfortable. You might have a family member who relies on you for their mental health and well-being and it makes you uncomfortable. And again, I just gave these examples out of my personal experiences, the things that I see a lot, but obviously it doesn't have to be a family member or a friend specifically for the examples I gave. The last area of setting boundaries is actually in terms of setting boundaries for yourself and setting limits for yourself. And this falls a lot more into self-care. And I did a whole video on self-care. I think I've actually done more than one at this point. I will link them below. But a couple of examples of boundaries that I have for myself in terms of self-care and taking care of what I need versus what might feel good at the time. I have my 10 p.m. homework rule, which I did a whole video about because I know from lots of personal experience that if I do homework past 10 p.m., it is not going to be good for my mental health. It's not going to be good for my academic success. It's going to make me miserable. And so not doing homework past 10 p.m. is a pretty firm boundary that I have for myself. Another boundary for myself that I have, and this is something that actually I've started doing really recently that's been really positive for me, is that something that's triggering for me in terms of my body and, you know, the way I feel about myself is to know what my weight is. And so I have started to just refuse to be weighed when I'm at the doctor's office. And I thankfully go to some really great clinics for my care where all I have to say is, no, thank you, I don't wanna be weighed today. And they just skip it and then we move on to blood pressure or whatever. And that's a boundary that's honestly been really positive for my mental health. And so I'm really happy to have that in place. And it was kind of really scary the first time that I said no to being weighed, but I'm really glad I have that boundary now, so. A good example, I hope, and one that I certainly hope would help you if that's something that you need to set boundaries with. Now, when it comes to actually moving past knowing what your boundaries or limits should be and moving into setting them, setting those boundaries and limits with the people in your life, it can be easier said than done sometimes, I'll be honest. But two tips that I have for you are to not minimize your discomfort. If there is something that truly makes you uncomfortable, makes you feel unsafe, is triggering for you, that you just don't like, that is totally valid. And you have every right to set boundaries and limits with the people who make you feel that way. It is also not a bad thing to set limits for yourself because you are important 
And with the mental health example I gave with, you know, having a friend who has mental health issues that you feel responsible for, you are not responsible for that, first of all, like I said, but it is not a bad thing and it is not selfish to prioritize your own mental health in that situation above your friend because you are arguably more important to yourself than your friend. Your health and well-being is more important and it is not a bad thing to value that. And you are not a bad person for valuing that. It is not selfish. When it comes to actually having the conversation with the family member or the friend that you need to set boundaries and limits with, that's really scary sometimes. And I think one of my best tips is honestly just to practice. Practice saying it out loud. Practice saying it to another trusted person in your life. And a good script for it is, you know, just asking, hey, can I talk to you about something? And then using statements that center you. So I feel crappy when this happens. Or it makes me feel uncomfortable when you say this. And then following that statement up with, Here's what I need from you in order to be safe and comfortable. So if we're going back to the example of a family member who makes comments about your choice of major or your job, you might say something like, hey, Aunt Susan, can I talk to you? It makes me feel really uncomfortable and ashamed when you comment on me choosing an English major. I'm very proud and happy for the major I chose, and I would really like you not to comment on that anymore. <laughs> Honestly, just like making up that example, I don't have an Aunt Susan, I'm not an English major, but that was still kind of scary to say out loud. <laughs> so the fear that you might feel is totally valid around this topic, but Again, your health and well-being, your safety and comfort is worth having these conversations and setting these boundaries. I would also say that setting yourself up for success in terms of picking a time and a place and a method of communication is definitely going to help you. So if you would be more comfortable speaking to this person in person and it is safe for you to choose to do that with COVID, definitely prioritize doing that. You know, if it would be more comfortable to do so in private, then choose to do so in private, maybe on a phone call or a Zoom call. If it would make you feel more comfortable to have a witness to the conversation, then invite a trusted friend or a family member to kind of witness the conversation with you. The moral of this story is you probably just shouldn't text someone late at night because that usually doesn't end well, just from like personal experience. It doesn't end well. I would also say that I generally have to spend a lot of time, if this is a really emotionally charged topic for me, the area that I'm setting boundaries in, sometimes I really have to think about removing emotion and insult and profanity from what I want to say. Because, you know, sometimes people make you feel shitty. And sometimes people are really shitty. You know, sometimes someone is just being a crappy person, but choosing to add that emotion and that insult and that profanity into this conversation is more likely than not going to make the person you're speaking to feel really defensive 
and that's not really going to be productive because when someone gets defensive they're not as well able to listen to what you're actually saying because now they're angry now they're uncomfortable <laughs> and that's not your fault you know it is not your fault when you make someone uncomfortable by telling them what your boundaries are but you know choosing to remove more of the emotion and more of the possible insult and the profanity out of a statement can help to alleviate some of the defensiveness that the other person might feel. Now obviously this kind of gets into tone policing, which I'll leave a link below relating to that, but certainly don't let anybody tell you that you should be more polite. You know, personally for me, I've found that, you know, doing these things helps me to have productive conversations, but you do you. Like, this is your conversation, your boundary, your limits that you're setting, and you should feel every right to do that the way that you feel is best for you. Now, when you're having these conversations, staying calm is really important. And I will say, in my experience, the people in my life who truly care about me, who want me to be safe and comfortable, and who previously didn't know that they were stepping over a boundary for me, when I've told them, hey, this thing that happens makes me uncomfortable and I need you to stop. Having those conversations, the people that love me and care about me and want me to be safe and comfortable, they will react positively. They will apologize. They will make active efforts to change what they've been doing, to change the behavior, to change the language. And that feels so good, but not that doesn't happen every time. And I will say that the people who get really defensive, who turn the blame back around on you, who harass or insult you, who bully you or embarrass you for trying to approach this topic with them, that is so challenging and tough. But if that happens to you, you did everything you could and their reaction is not your fault and not your responsibility. And in that case, it might be time to think about setting a new boundary. You know, if you have a friend who doesn't respect your privacy and your space, even when you tell them that what they do makes you uncomfortable, you know, if they get mean, if they start to manipulate or gaslight you or use profanity, they're probably not really your friend and you don't need to have them in your life if they're going to make you feel that way. I feel like I've said that in a lot of podcasts where I talk about, you know, the people in your life and the way they treat you, but you truly do not need to keep people in your life if they don't treat you well, if they don't uplift you, if they don't challenge you in positive ways. You know, if they make you feel yucky about yourself, they're probably not your friend anyway. They probably don't care about you anyway, especially when you do the work to say, hey, I need you to stop doing this because it makes me uncomfortable. And that is so scary because, you know, whether it's family or friends, you know, we fear shame. It's this is such a therapy thing, but we fear shame. We fear others reactions because we fear that means we've done something wrong. But you are not wrong to say what you need. 
and you are not responsible for others' reactions, and if people in your life don't make you feel good about yourself, they don't need to be in your life. And in more extreme examples, you know, if you have, let's say, a parent or a caregiver who consistently doesn't respect your boundaries, maybe you don't need to go home as often. You know, maybe you don't need to pick up their phone calls as often. Maybe you need to set that boundary and say, you know, because you didn't respect what I said, I can't spend as much time with you now because it's not good for my mental health. And that could be an even scarier boundary to set, honestly. <laughs> but like I said, people who don't make you feel good about yourself don't need to be in your life. And that is a very firm boundary that I believe in. Now, I've talked a lot about how you can set boundaries with other people. And I wanted to just address a little bit, you know, how do you react when someone sets a boundary with you? And obviously, if they've also watched this video, then, you know, hopefully that a person trying to set a boundary with you will go about it in a way that clearly conveys, you know, why they are uncomfortable with something that you've done or said and what they need you to do to fix it. And it can be kind of scary sometimes when we're called out for behaviors and it can make us uncomfortable and it can make us defensive, you know, and that's a natural human reaction to get defensive because we don't like to feel uncomfortable and we don't want to acknowledge that being uncomfortable is our own fault. And so actually the natural reaction is to get mad at the other person for making us feel that way. And I would really encourage you if someone is, you know, respectfully trying to have a conversation about this with you to quell the defensiveness that comes up to just take a breath and actually like read or listen to what they're saying. To be honest, even if the other person is, you know, being more emotional, using profanity or insults to try and get their point across, again, take a breath, you know, do your best to not get defensive and try to understand what they're saying. And obviously, if the person who is trying to have this conversation with you isn't doing it in such a way that you feel that you can have a respectful conversation with them about it, you can tell them, you, and you know, if they text you at 11 p.m. and try to have this conversation, you can say, hey, do you think we could talk about this in the morning? I'm not in a good headspace right now. Or even, you know, do you think that we could meet up and talk about this in person or have a phone call instead? I'm not sure that text is the most productive way to do this. And if, you know, if this conversation goes from, you know, them trying to set a boundary with you to them bullying you, you don't need to suffer through that alone. It is absolutely within your right to say that, you know, you want to have a conversation with a witness or a mediator, or you would prefer if you had the conversation in person, or you would really like to loop in you know, a third party who can be more neutral. You know, if this is a roommate, maybe you loop in an RA or someone on residence life staff. If this is a classmate, you loop in a professor. If it's a family member, maybe you loop in a trusted friend or a parent. You know, if it's a parent, maybe you loop in another trusted adult or a sibling or, you know, someone. Honestly, I'm not naming very good neutral third parties here, but loop in someone that you trust to have this conversation with if you're not comfortable with being confronted by another person alone. I hope this is obvious, but it's not always obvious to others. If you fear for your safety, if you fear for, you know, your mental safety, your physical safety, the safety of others around you, 
you do not and you should not keep that secret. You know, if a conversation goes from, you know, uncomfortable to feeling unsafe or feeling threatened, tell an adult. I don't care if you are an adult. I'm 24 and if I feel threatened, I'm telling another adult. It is not your burden to carry alone. It is absolutely not. When it comes to setting boundaries for yourself, this can also come kind of alongside setting boundaries with other people because you have to respect your own limits. And learning to stand up for yourself and actually do that is one of the most powerful things you can do for yourself and it's also one of the most challenging. But take advantage of the resources available to you, you know? If setting boundaries for you means not having late night conversations with that one friend who seems to always need you, put your phone on do not disturb or airplane mode. Put your phone in a different room for the night even. If setting boundaries for you means going to bed at 10 p.m., set an alarm at 10 p.m. to remind yourself to go to bed. You know, setting boundaries for yourself means not following people on social media that make you feel cruddy. Block them, mute them, you know, unfollow them, do what you have to do. Take advantage of the resources available to you. The block and the mute buttons on social media are amazing and awesome, and I think more people should use them. All of that to say, know yourself, know what you need to be happy and comfortable and safe, and then don't be afraid of standing up for yourself to get what you need. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please let me know down in the comments what you think, what your thoughts are about setting boundaries. If you've had any positive or negative experiences setting boundaries with others, definitely I wanna hear all about it. Let's start a conversation. Don't forget if you're watching me on YouTube to subscribe to my YouTube channel and leave this channel a thumbs up. If you're listening to me on a podcast platform, don't forget to subscribe to me over there and leave me a five-star review and a rating if you are able. Definitely go follow me on Instagram. I am at FeedThatNation. You might get to see some of my risotto experiments. <laughs> I upload podcast episodes right here to YouTube and to your favorite podcast listening platforms every Wednesday, and I upload vlogs all about college life, my life, food, nutrition, whatever the heck else I get up to every Saturday. So come on in, join the fun. I'm trying to think of like a good name for like my community. And honestly, I just like can't think of one because the only thing that's coming up with me is like my nation because nation. So <laughs> leave me a comment below if you have a better idea than that. But thanks nation. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time.